I trust if uh, your heart needed to be soothed that it just was. I hope if uh, your heart needed to be come fertile ground for the word coming tonight or this morning that it's prepared to hear. It's always a joy to come and to share uh, here at Bayshore Camp. We always get a long list of speakers that come, and we never know from year to year who it's going to be, and sometimes we get surprised when an invitation comes our way, and uh, what a joy. Uh, Susie Heerholzer has, like I shared earlier, been a part of this camp for a long time. She serves on the board of directors. She pastors a church up north. So she's a shepherd, and she comes to shepherd us this morning. I'm grateful. Susie, come on up forward, and let's pray for our time together. Would you welcome Susie? Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, a time to gather, a time to praise you, and now a time to listen to you. Thank you for the words that you've already placed on Susie's heart. I pray that she play, uh, shares them, not with eloquence, but with the power of your Holy Spirit. Touch our hearts, each according to our need. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Kevin. Well, good morning. I am excited to be here with you this morning, and I really appreciate the invitation um, to be up here with you. All right, I have a question for you. How many of you couldn't wait to grow up when you were younger? Yeah, you couldn't wait for more freedom and less rules or more independence and less nagging adults bossing you around. Couldn't wait to be the one who calls all the shots in your life. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I couldn't wait to grow up when I was a teenager. That feeling started to kick in for me around the age of 13, which maybe coincidentally is about the same time that my family moved here to Seaboing. Uh, as Kevin said earlier, my father is a pastor, was a pastor, so I'm a PK, a, a pastor's kid who's now a pastor herself. And my dad was appointed to Seaboing Trinity United Methodist Church here. And that was about the time that I had had enough of moving from parsonage to parsonage. It was our third move in five years. And I really tried to take a stand with that move because I was 13, so I was ready to put my foot down. And I told my dad to tell that bishop that we were done moving and we were going to stay in Seabooing at least until I graduated from high school. Now, I'm pretty sure that my dad did not have that conversation with the bishop but we got to stay for a while anyway because that's how good God is. Now, around the time that we moved here, I started to long for that independence and freedom. I had a good life at my home, let me tell you. My parents gave me everything that I needed and a few things that weren't actual necessities but were really fun to have, like a telephone in my bedroom. Now, that was a big deal in 1986 for those of the younger generation who think that doesn't sound like anything special. Everybody has a phone in their bedroom now. It was a big deal in 1986. 
Still, I couldn't wait to grow up. Now, my mom is here this morning. Hi, mom. <laughs> and mom, I just want to give you a heads up because what I'm about to say might shock you. So brace yourself. I couldn't wait to grow up because I didn't like living under my parents' rules. Surprise. My parents had an unrealistic and unreasonable set of expectations and rules that I had to live by. How many of you had parents who seemed unreasonable when you were a teenager? Yeah, see, I'm not the only one here. Parents can be so ruthless with their rules and their expectations. It's like they have no idea that a teenager's main priority is to secure an epic social life and rise to the top of the high school food chain. Am I right? Yeah. Parents seem so normal when we're five or six or seven years old, but somehow when their kids become teenagers, parents magically become clueless as to how life really works. I know this for sure because I have a child who just finished being a teenager, and I have a child that's right in the middle of being a teenager, and I have a child that is almost ready to become a teenager, and right now, my husband and I are the unreasonable ones who know nothing, am I right? Yeah. Well, just so you have an idea of how unreasonable my parents were, here's a few of their rules and expectations. I had to be home by 10 p.m. every night, even on weekends, all the way through high school, 10 p.m. Did you know that sometimes fun stuff was happening after 10 p.m.? And I couldn't participate in any of it. Seabooing does not exactly offer a rockin' nightlife. It never has. In fact, one of the most exciting things that we ever did around here was to cruise what my dad called the idiot circle downtown. Yeah. How many of you cruise the idiot circle? All right. <laughs> we would drive from the fire hall to the old grocery store on the other end and then back again, sometimes for hours. And we would wave at one another or we would honk our horns at one another or we would strategically ignore one another depending on what our objective was. It really was quite pointless and trivial. However, there were times when fun stuff was just starting to happen around 10 p.m., and I had to go home. It was so unreasonable. Well, here's another unreasonable expectation that my parents had. I was expected to get all A's on my report card. Now, I'm a good student. The Lord has blessed me with skills and smarts and talents, and there's really no reason at all that I can't get all A's on my report card. Except that there were a few classes in high school that I actually had to put in some real effort in order to get an A. And sometimes I just didn't feel like putting in effort. I had a lot going on in my life, you know. 
I had things to do between 3 p.m. when school let out and 10 p.m. when I had to be home, and studying was not one of those things. Homework, in my opinion, was best completed between the hours of 11 p.m. and 8 a.m., and if I had an afternoon class that had homework in it, I could do that homework on my lunch hour. See, I'm a pressure player. I'm always at the top of my game at the very last minute. In fact, I wrote this sermon in the back room just before we started. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Unfortunately, my parents did not agree with my homework habits, and so came more rules and higher expectations. Now, am I alone in this, or so did some of you have parents who expected all A's? Okay, just a few of you. Oh, we need to raise our standards around here. Come on. <laughs> Here's one more of those unreasonable expectations of my adolescence. I was expected to go to church every Sunday. Now, I'm not just talking about most Sundays. I am talking about every single Sunday of the year. We even went to church when we were on vacation, which I could never understand. I mean, if you preach about 47 Sundays a year, which is what my dad did, why on earth would you want to go to church during your vacation and listen to somebody else preach? Makes no sense. Of course, now I preach for about 47 Sundays a year, and here I am at Bayshore Family Camp listening to seven sermons in one week plus two Bible studies a day, so that's what God does. I was expected to go to church every Sunday. Do you know how many Sundays I tried to accidentally oversleep? Mom, you probably didn't know this. Yeah, but, you know, when you live right next door to the church, it's really hard to oversleep and not make it there. Probably a few too many times I threw on some sweatpants and snuck into the balcony during the prelude, hoping nobody saw me. All that church, and for what? It's like they thought I was going to be a pastor or something. Anybody else here have to go to church every single Sunday? Yeah, see, you know, all right. Well, by now I'm sure that you can see why I couldn't wait to grow up. I wanted to make my own decisions, and I didn't want anyone telling me when I had to come home or where I could and couldn't go or who I could and couldn't hang out with. I wanted to make my own decisions and do what I wanted to do. I was ready for some adulting. Do you know what that is, right? Adulting? It's a word that us cool young people use nowadays, adulting. Here's how the Urban Dictionary defines that, just so you know. Adulting is to carry out one or more of the duties and responsibilities expected of fully developed individuals, like paying your bills instead of blowing your money on stupid stuff or having a civil conversation on social media with someone you disagree with. That is adulting. And the term specifically applies to those who, in reality, adult less than 50% of their time, because when they actually do make a mature decision, it's a big accomplishment for that. 
I was ready for adulting because I was certain that I could do a better job of life on my own. Well, how many of you know that life's not that easy when you're on your own? The challenges and the circumstances become greater and more complex than when you were a young child. It's hard to get through it without feeling battered and bruised, and mom and dad aren't always able to rescue you from your poor decisions. It didn't take me long to realize that I wasn't going to make it on my own. As smart as I thought I was, I lacked the wisdom necessary to live the fullness of life in Christ that is promised to all who love and serve the Lord. And the day that I figured that out is the day that the Lord really started to have my attention. And here's what the Lord has revealed to me in the process of growing up. We don't have to do this on our own. Remember what Jesus promised to his disciples? He said, the Holy Spirit will come and help you because the Father will send the Spirit to take my place. The Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of what I said while I was with you. The Holy Spirit, God's very own Spirit, will be with us, will come alongside us. In fact, the word used for Holy Spirit in John's gospel is the word paraclete. It's up here for you. That's one of those fancy theological words that they told us in seminary never to use in the real world, but I'm going to break it down for you so you can relax. It's going to be all right. Paraclete is a compound word. Cleat from the Greek word kletos, which means to call, and para, which means alongside. So paraclete is the one who is called to walk alongside of us, and as Jesus said, to teach us and guide us and equip us and strengthen us and sometimes even agitate us, and of course, give us the wisdom to live the fullness of life in Christ. Who here is thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Yeah, praise the Lord. We don't have to do this on our own. The Holy Spirit is with us and walks alongside us. Can I hear an amen? Yeah, that's right. We're going to focus ourselves in on the Holy Spirit now. And there's a reason why I want us to do that. Let's take a look at a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and then I'm going to tell you why we're going to focus in on the Holy Spirit. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 12, and I'm going to read from the Common English Version. If you have your Bible, you go ahead and get your Bible out and follow along, or the words are going to be up here on the screen. This is Paul writing to the believers in Corinth who were struggling to mature in their faith. And Paul writes, 
We do use wisdom when speaking to people who are mature in their faith. But it isn't the wisdom of this world or of its rulers who will soon disappear. We speak of God's hidden, mysterious wisdom that God decided to use for our glory long before the world began. The rulers of this world didn't know anything about this wisdom. If they had known about it, they would not have nailed our glorious Lord to a cross. But it is just as the scriptures say. What God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. God's spirit has shown you everything. His spirit finds out everything, even what is deep in the mind of God. You are the only one who knows what is in your mind, and God's spirit is the only one who knows what is in God's mind. But God has given us his spirit. That's why we don't think the same way that the people of this world think. And that's also why we can recognize the blessings that God has given us. Is that not exciting right there? Especially verses 11 and 12. You are the only one who knows what goes on in your mind. And God's spirit is the only one who knows what's in God's mind. But here's the best part. God has given us his spirit so we know. That means that it is possible for us to know God and to know what it is that God wants us to do. It is possible for you to do whatever it is that God asks you to do, no matter how unqualified or unpolished we think we are. We don't have to do this alone because God's Spirit comes alongside us. God has given us his Holy Spirit. Why, why, oh why, would God give us such a good and gracious gift? Because God loves us. That's why. God loves you, and God loves me, and God loves us, every one of us. No matter how far away you think you've wandered from God, no matter how much you think you've messed up, no matter how much of a lost cause you think you are right now today, God loves you. You are not too old and you are not too young. You are not too loud. You are not too quiet. You, you are not unqualified for God to use in a mighty, mighty way. We cannot earn these gifts. We don't deserve these gifts. But let me tell you, that is what is so amazing about God's amazing grace. God loves us, and we are never alone, never alone in our Christian walk. My other favorite part of this scripture is verse 9. What God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. See, this is the part that I really want you to hear today, and this is why. 
this is going to be an awesome week of family camp. There's a lot of fun to be had as we build community with one another. There will be games and there will be swimming and mini golf and zip line and ice cream and so much more. This week will be so full. We're going to sing together. We're going to lift our praises up and our praises are going to overflow this tabernacle. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray on our own. The Lord is going to answer prayers this week and we are going to be in absolute awe of his majesty and his power. We're going to increase in our knowledge and our wisdom of the Lord as the preachers and the teachers bring the word. And maybe... Maybe your relationship with God is going to be strengthened in a mighty way. Maybe the Lord is going to heal your woundedness. Maybe your eyes are going to be unveiled this week as the Lord reveals to you something that you've been longing for your whole life. You see, the Holy Spirit is already at work here at this camp, already at work here in you. And the Holy Spirit is going to move among us in a really big way this week. I know it. You know it. And we need to already be in an attitude of expectancy about that because the Holy Spirit is beginning to move. Somebody's life is going to be changed here this week. Somebody's heart is going to be transformed. Somebody is going to hear God's call and they're going to answer that call, maybe right up here in this tabernacle. What God has planned for us this week is more than our eyes have seen or our ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. Amen? Amen. So much more. What God has planned for your life is more than your eyes have seen or your ears have heard. And maybe that sounds super exciting to you, or maybe it sounds absolutely terrifying, because God does have a way of calling us out of our comfortable places to do things that we can't imagine we can do. But I want you to listen. You don't have to be afraid of what God is calling you to do. Because God's spirit is already walking alongside of you, guiding you, empowering you, and revealing the Lord's wisdom to you. All you have to do is pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and around you. The Lord is alive. And the Lord is at work at Bayshore Camp on these grounds right here, in these buildings that we'll be in and out of, in these people who sit in these pews and walk on the grass all around the camp. And God is at work in our hearts right now. As we begin this week of family camp, I want to challenge you to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. Because the Lord has brought you here for so much more 
than just fun and fellowship. There's some serious transformation already taking place among us. And that transformation is what is building God's kingdom. You came here for a reason this week. Don't go home the same person as when you arrived. Pay attention to what God's spirit wants to reveal to you and in you and through you. This is going to be a great week of family camp. I want to share with you some wisdom that the Spirit has revealed to me over the years. Besides my call to ministry, which is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has given to me, over time the Spirit has revealed to me the wisdom of my parents' unreasonable rules and expectations. Their faith nurtured me. Their expectations helped me to discover my gifts and my talents for ministry. Their rules guided me and protected me in ways that I will never fully understand. That's what has brought me to this moment in my life. And the only thing that was truly unreasonable about my parents was the unreasonable amount of love that they have lavished on me my whole life. Love that flows directly from the love that God has poured into them. And that is a beautiful and amazing thing. And we should be doing the same for each other day in and day out. If it were not for my parents paying attention to the Holy Spirit and not being afraid to answer every call, even when it's three moves in five years, I would not be here today. I would not be speaking God's challenge to you. You see, glorious and amazing and incredible things happen when we pay attention to the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit moves in you and around you this week, I pray that you will seek someone out if you need to. Find a pastor. There's a lot of pastors here this week. We're all taking the week off of work and just enjoying ourselves, right, Kevin? Yeah, there's a lot of us here. Talk to a friend. Talk to the study leaders and the Bible studies that you go to or talk to this week's speaker and let them help you work through whatever it is that the Spirit is doing in you right now. But don't ignore it. Don't brush it off. Don't set it aside. And don't go home the same person that you are right now today. Listen, pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing because God has called you here for a purpose this week and beyond. God has given us his spirit that's why we don't think the same way that the people of this world think. That's why we can recognize the blessings that God has given us. Pay attention. 
pay attention. Don't miss out. I'm going to invite the band to come up, and as they come up, we're going to get ready for some time of prayer and then some singing. And I want to let you know that this rail down here is open for you. And I've spent time here on my knees, and I know that there is power in the Holy Spirit moving in this tabernacle right now. And so I invite you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit is moving in you, nudging you, yanking on you, agitating you, whatever it is, you are welcome to come and spend time right up here. If you want to spend time in your seats, that's great too because God always comes to us no matter where we are or what condition we're in. But do pay attention to what the Spirit is saying to you. Let's pray. Loving and gracious God, thank you for calling us here, for gathering us together in this time and in this place. And Lord, thank you for giving us your spirit that we might know what's going on in your mind as you know what's going on in ours. Thank you, Lord, for the work your Holy Spirit is already doing in us and around us. And God, I pray that each one of us would use this week for your purpose, that we would pay attention, that we would not ignore your call and your nudging, but that we would give ourselves to you wholly and fully to be transformed by your Holy Spirit that we would focus ourselves on you and on your call for our lives, that we would be refreshed, be renewed, be recreated, and that we would leave this place with a clear vision of what you want for us, and that we would feel empowered by your spirit that walks alongside us to labor for your kingdom each and every day. Give us the wisdom, but especially, Lord, give us the courage to be true disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.